From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for November 26th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And in the peanut gallery this week, Teresa Eccles, Will Perry, and a good friend of mine visiting from Minneapolis, Jeffrey Hunstead. Hi, Jeffrey. Uh, in this week's show, Kathy Worling has her review of the family suites at the All-Star Resorts. Kevin Close continues his look at dining options off property with a review of the Stonewood Tavern. All that plus... This week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Glad you could uh, join us. We have some things to discuss in housekeeping before we actually we have a lot of things to discuss in housekeeping before we get uh, into the news. Uh, first of all, I just want to give you an update on our live show for those of you who went uh, out to the site on Sunday looking for our live show from Gaylord Palms. You probably have realized that we did not do it. Uh, we have actually moved it to this Saturday, the 26th, I think. No. The 29th. 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 <laughs> 26th is this show. Um, we had some, uh, there was some technical drama uh, with, the, with, the, uh, with doing it the way I need to do it, and I decided I would rather wait a week and make sure I had all my I's dotted and T's crossed and we could do a, a good live show. Plus it competed with Desperate Housewives. Uh, Desperate House. Oh, oh, what? No, Desperate Housewives was not a uh, was a was a, re- a repeat this uh, this oh, past right. week. Uh, it didn't come on, you guys. American Music Awards. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but we are doing the live show definitely this Saturday from the Gaylord Palms and uh, from the Ice Attraction, and also want to make everybody aware that on Friday, the day before that, uh, Teresa's son Max and my partner Walter are going to become inducted into the Polar Bear Club. By running through ice in nine degree weather in their bathing suits, along with God knows how many other people, and they will actually, from what I understand, Teresa, Teresa, grab the uh, peanut gallery mic. Uh, from what I understand, there's going to be uh, a webcam set up for this. Yes, they'll be able to wave to their fa- family and friends from inside the ice exhibit. Okay. Mm. Oh wow! So we can see what they all look like as they. We'll be there with. Scurry uh, through. And, you know, we'll be there with cameras as well. We'll have um, the shrinkage cam. The shrinkage <laughs> cam, yeah, really. Um, so, yeah, that should be that should be cool. We're going to put a, a we'll have a link to that web, we'll have a link to the webcam up uh, on the show notes page podcast dot com. But you're going to have to get up real early to see that because uh, the event starts seven thirty Friday morning on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. And uh, so, oh, I would be home to watch, but I'm going to be out shopping. Kevin's gonna, be run, Kevin's gonna be running through Best Buy in his underwear. Do you do that? <laughs> do you, are you one of those people who shops like a crack of dawn on Friday morning? No, I don't get up at the crack of dawn. Okay, <laughs> the crack of noon. Really? Yeah. Um, another thing I keep meaning to bring up on the show and I keep forgetting, so I, I, I want to make sure I do it this week. Uh, many of you may remember that uh, Walter and I had attended the Food and Wine Festival in California this past April and uh, really gave it very high marks. And um, I had an idea then, and we're working with Disneyland right now, to do an event around the start of the food, or around the beginning of the Food and Wine Festival uh, next, uh, next year. And uh, it actually begins the, toward the end of April, but uh, 
during the first week in May, the rates for the hotels go down substantially. So I'm thinking about doing a, a meet, doing a big event uh, for a few days uh, out in Disneyland, beginning of May. And I just want to get an idea of how many people might be interested in that. Nothing formal, no commitments need to be made. But if you think that you might be willing to come spend a few days out in Disneyland with us, it'll be, uh, it'll be right before the podcast cruise. And I thought this would be cool for people who couldn't make the podcast cruise that might be able to do this. I know we have a lot of listeners out in the West Coast. This might be more convenient for them. Uh, we fell in love with the Food and Wine Festival last year. And uh, really, it, it's such a great event. And what I love most about it was that it's actually a kind of a grassroots thing. I didn't realize this. The Food and Wine Festival out there is kind of something that's put together by the cast members out there. It's not – I mean, Disney approves it, of course – but Disney doesn't put a lot of money and resources into it in terms of advertising. It certainly doesn't get the kind of attention and resources that our Food and Wine Festival here in Epcot gets. So I And I love that aspect of it. I love the fact that it's got that grassroots feel and a lot of passion, a lot of hard work goes into it. And they do a tremendous job. And we're thinking about doing some special events and you know some cool stuff, some stuff exclusively for our, our listeners, our visitors. So if you think you might be interested in doing that in the early part of May, uh, the first week of May, uh, go ahead and send us an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com. I'm also going to have a thread started on our podcast uh, discussion forum at disboards.com. You can check in there and say, hey, I'd be interested in doing this, which you should go out and check out our discussion boards anyway because that's a really – the podcast forum, i got to admit, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. I mean, I love all my boards, but – that one's that one's my special child. I haven't said this in a while. Don't be misled by the, the the name of the thread. They never stay that way for more than ten posts. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It starts out as one thing, and then about ten posts in veers off in an entirely that different board, direction. That board in particular is 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 real famous for hijacks. A lot of threads get hijacked on that board, but uh, it's a great board, great people. Well, you know, like I said, I love all my all my discussion boards, but the podcast discussion forum is my. It's my special child. Now, also, I want to tell you something uh, neat. Like I said, you know, we're doing a live radio show from uh, the Gaylord Palms this coming Saturday. But next week, we're going to be recording our, our podcast from the Swan Dolphin. We're actually working oh, with the cool. Swan Dolphin uh, to record there somewhere in a public area. But not. Well, I don't want to get in the way of like, you know, guests and stuff like that. But if you're going to be in town, if you're going to be in town next week and you're around and you want to stop by and check us out and... See, see us record the show. Inspect us. Inspect us. <laughs> Poke us with um, sticks. <laughs> we are going to be over at the Swan Dolphin. Um, I don't have uh, I don't have an exact time yet, but we're going to be. Well, we will post that on the. Uh, it'll be in the early afternoon, most likely, and we will post more details of that on the podcast main page. Again, that's podcast.wdwinfo.com. And uh, let's see, what else do I have? Um want to make sure to let people know that if you're interested in our podcast cruise, which is coming up on May 10th, Mother's Day. I'm so year. excited. I have to say that. I get so excited every time it's mentioned because it'll be my first Mother's Day with an actual child. Because I was pregnant this past Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And my first, you know, it's just kind of cool to be on a cruise. Yeah. That's good. That's going to be hard to talk, you know, I know. in years so, going forward. Yeah. Good luck with that, Corey. Yeah. No. <laughs> the gauntlet's being thrown down, Corey. Um, noted. <laughs> um, Are you going to bring the kid here when we record? 
Like I would think I'll probably would have, have to. Are you going to leave him at home with a dog? Oh, I don't know. Do you Outside. Do you Zoe and Bailey watch the baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I can't wait to say, go put baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to have a name, right? Uh, other than baby. You know that, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been given that information. Question so Mark it. Martin. Well, if you, are, if you are interested in joining us in the podcast cruise, we did record a show, a uh, special show a few weeks ago that you can find linked from our show notes page. Uh, tells you all about what we're doing and uh, what our plans are. And we've got some really cool events planned for that. And uh, we've got a lot of people joined up after the after we did that show. We're well over 300 people now joining us on this cruise. So it's going to be a big group. It's going to have a lot of fun. Keep in mind that the pricing will go up the middle of January. That's right. That's why, that's why we're pushing it so hard right now because we're uh, around the middle of January. We lose that group space. And it doesn't mean you can't join us. It just means you're going to be paying a lot more for it. And uh, you're just not going to find a better deal on a four-night cruise. Uh, the pricing alone that we got was really good, but then when you factor in all the prizes and all the all the uh, events and stuff that we're doing uh, during it, uh, the Apollo brunch and things like that, that uh, you know are all included that none of the other guests on the ship are going to be getting. Just you uh, makes it an even better deal. So that's uh, May 10th, 2009, and uh, we hope you can. You hope we hope you can join us. Now, Julia, I understand we have some uh, prizes to give away. Yeah, we have Kim and Jack Doherty from last week. They chose number 37. Number 37. You have won a three-day, two-night stay at the Gaylord Palms Resort and Spa just minutes away from Walt Disney World. The approximate value of this prize is $300. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Well, great. You're going to love Gaylord Palms. Kim and Jack did the Neverland Club review, right? Yes. Cool. And she actually, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if this was just to me or to all of us, but the crisis music that we thought was crisis music was actually supposed to be pirate music. Yeah, and he added that without her knowing about right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted us to know that. Cool. Well, um, I'll tell you, three days, two nights at the Gaylord Palms. Trust me when I tell you, your jaw is going to drop on the floor when you walk in the lobby of that hotel. He'll have a good time, too, because he was the one responsible for choosing the number. Mom got the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, Congratulations, guys. Our next one is Kristen. She's born teach on the boards. And number 17. Number 17 for Kristen. You have won three days, two nights at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. Oh, just giving away hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> travel. Approximate value of this prize is $500. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Wow. That's one way to keep occupancy up in town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> keep giving away room nights. Keep giving away room nights. Three days, two nights at the Swan Dolphin. Again, gorgeous, gorgeous resort located just a few few steps from Epcot. And uh, one of certainly one of my favorites. So, great. Congratulations. What else do we have? That's, That's it. it. Okay, cool. Well, congratulations, guys. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping before we get started with the news? We have a box of stuff here. Oh, that's right. Somebody sent us somebody sent us stuff. Cough drops for Kevin. Yeah, really. I kind of pre-opened them, but I haven't gone and dug inside. You pre-tasted them. I did. <laughs> I'm going to hand it to Kevin. You keep moving that box further and further away from me, and I know there's candy <laughs> in there. That box says Creole pralines. There's a note inside, and the note says, Hope you all enjoy a thank you for TSM meat. Toy Story Mania meat. Oh, isn't that nice? 
If you don't know, ask Corey slash Julie about a praline. Oh, I know about them. And it's from Michael Alexander. Give the box to me. Wow. <laughs> There's candy in here. Give the box to me. Do you want to read that? It's a wow. gift catalog. It's a box of... Aunt Sally's Creole Pralines. I think they pronounce Pralines. Pralines. Uh, you say Praline. Hold on, go that, long, go yeah, long. People that aren't from the South, it just hurts my ears to hear Praline. You say Praline, <laughs> I say fatness. Wow, they're like individually wrapped. Ooh, these are nice. That's and I'm going to eat one now and I'm going to chew in your ear for all you people who are listening. <laughs> Good Lord. Thank you very much. Kathy. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Any more? I just want to throw them at people. <laughs> oh yeah, right. we walk past this place all the time. Well, when we're in New Orleans. This is unbelievable. <laughs> That's the place to get pralines, New Orleans. So you've heard of Aunt Sally? Yes. yes. Do you know Aunt Sally? We don't know. We her. go way back. <laughs> <laughs> How polite we all show everybody's really? here. Thank you very They're much. Very, good. very much. They're delicious. We appreciate that. Mm. Always love snacks. Snacks are always good. Send more candy. Kidding. You have your own. You're trying to steal mine? You can have mine. I just wanted to bite. <laughs> I can't wait till she has this baby. <laughs> Pregnant women do not share. <laughs> Ask Corey. <laughs> See if I shave your legs. You have your very own praline right in front of you. I was going to give you mine, witch. <laughs> oh, my. Ours is broken. I can't eat it if it's broken. <laughs> no, knock it off. You'd eat it if it was on the floor. <laughs> really would. They are really good. You'd eat it if it was on the floor. <laughs> really would. They are really good. These My are delicious. My Uncle Buck makes really good ones, too. These are delicious. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was very, very nice. And there is one more thing before we get started with the news. I just want to let everyone know that due to the holidays, uh, the some scheduling conflicts and uh, preparations that we're making for the live show on Saturday. We are not going to be doing an email show this week. We hope you understand. We know you guys like the email shows, but uh, it was just unavoidable this week. We will resume our normal schedule next week and uh, have an email show for you then. And uh, one other thing I want to make sure I say a special hello to George over at Universal Studios. One of our, uh, one of our big fans works over at... Uh, at Universal, and I just wanted to say a special hello to him. Maybe one of these days he can hop on over and join us in the studio for, uh, for the show. And with that, we will get started with the news. Our first news story this week, the Port Canaveral Authority Board of Commissioners has awarded a $4.7 million contract for enhancements that will allow it to accommodate the two, do, the two new Disney Cruise Line ships scheduled to come online in 2011 and 2012. Misener Marine Construction of Tampa won the contract that includes building a deep water seawall, additional moorings and dredging, and the project, when engineering expenses are factored in, is costing somewhere in the vicinity of $5.1 million. The port is also building a 1,000-space parking garage to handle additional traffic associated with the ships. Construction of the garage is expected to begin next May and finish by April of 2010. I guess that pretty much confirms that both new ships are coming to Port Canaveral. And, uh, you know, because what we had heard was at least one of the existing ships was going to be moved out to Los Angeles and go out of Los Angeles 
but we weren't. You know, there was also some rumor that one of the new ships may go out, go out west. But if they're uh, redredging for larger ships, and I guess they're planning on they're planning on keeping the two of them out here. Well, I think this also allows uh, Royal Caribbean to send their bigger ships into Port Canaveral. Also, they're also bringing out larger ships, the Genesis. Um, and the Oasis. I just how much bigger can these get? I Have mean, you seen the Oasis? No. It's a shopping mall. It's literally huge. It's yeah. bigger than a shopping mall. It's Central Park. They're going to have a park on top of the, the ship. And there's going to be staterooms that will face into the park. And then during the day, you'll have a park-like atmosphere. But at night, it'll turn into shopping, into uh, restaurants. And nightclubs. And nightclubs. Wow. So they will be inside-outside staterooms. They will have an outside view, but not an ocean view. Wow. And I think what they're going to do is those are going to Fort Lauderdale, as far as I can understand, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. But then there are the Liberty-class ships, the Freedom, the Independence, and the, I'm forgetting Liberty. one. Liberty. And I'm sorry, they're the Freedom-class ships. One of those will be coming to Port Canaveral, and that needs a, a deeper channel also. Wow. Cool. But this confirms, too, that they're also going to build a parking structure. Yeah, yeah, we heard we heard rumors about that. They have to. Yeah, they have. They to. have to. I mean, the parking's already a nightmare. Um, and if they're going to bring in ships now that basically hold double the complement that the existing ones do, um, they're, they're going to have no choice. But four thousand people per vessel. Three thousand eight hundred and fifty of them are kids. <laughs> I believe the uh, Oasis is going to hold. I be- I think the number is fifty two hundred. That's incredible. Oh, wow. At some point, they just have to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, it's like, okay, that's big enough. Really and truly. But it's cool. Well, I'm very anxious to see uh, what they actually, what Disney ends up doing. Because you know, they're having these ships built from the ground up. Uh, you know they're going to do something cool with them. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. But we're not going to have to wait too much longer. 2011 is when they get uh, the first ship comes online. and So I'm figuring sometime next year. Or early in 2010, they're going to have to have released some details because they're going to have to start selling the itineraries. So we're going to have to know something. So hopefully, eventually soon. But um, all right, our next news story. Uh, it is being reported that the Disney Christmas Day Parade taping at the Magic Kingdom will now be open to all visitors, not just special ticket holders. Scheduled for December 5th and 6th, this event will allow all guests, space permitting, to take part in the filming. In the past, tickets for reserved sections of Main Street and in front of the castle were given only to Walt Disney World pass holders, with remaining tickets distributed by Lightship Entertainment. These passes included free admission uh, uh, to the Magic Kingdom on that particular day. They are not doing that this year. The parade taping does involve long waits if you're planning on going. The floats are frequently stopped and restarted, and performers often repeat their routines while proper camera placement and other things are being worked out. So... You can end up sitting there for hours and hours. It seems like days and yeah. days. <laughs> Watching this parade. Um, and uh, there's been no announcement yet as to what celebrities are going to be appearing. But I'm hearing that they're, they're actually cutting the, uh, the parade down this year for budget reasons. And they're going to be doing like a best of. They're going to still be recording, but not the whole show won't be new. They'll be showing a lot of clips from previous years. Yeah, they're having to cut back on a lot of stuff. Having to cut back on a lot of stuff, so. But uh, if you're interested in the parade, uh, Christmas parade taping, for whatever reason, December 5th and 6th in the Magic Kingdom, and it's open to everyone that wants to attend. You still need admission into the park, but there's no special ticket now for, uh, for the parade. 
And finally, a Disney employee is credited with getting medical help for a caller in distress. I love this story. A quick-thinking Disney Cruise Line employee is credited with getting medical help for a guest who was calling about her upcoming trip. Laura Chappick of North Ridgeville, Ohio, had called to inquire over the whereabouts of the tickets for her Disney cruise, which was scheduled to begin in 10 days. As she became aware of problems with her trip, she was considering canceling the vacation. When she was told by Disney Cruise Line that she would lose the $4,000 she spent if she canceled, she became so upset, she actually experienced a major seizure. Sensing the gravity of the the client's distress, the Disney employee contacted emergency services, which then dispatched assistance from the local fire department. And while Chappick is grateful, uh, says she's grateful for the assistance from Disney, she is still concerned over her trip status. And a local reporter gained assurance from Disney that her vacation is not in jeopardy and they will be working with her to solve the problems associated with it. I, they, didn't, they didn't get into details about what problems she was having, but Disney Cruise Line has, in fact, uh, caused somebody to have a seizure <laughs> from not getting her tickets in time. Um, Chappick did joke that uh, with the expected cost of her medical bills, she could have had a first-class Disney vacation. So I'm just glad she's all right, and she was joking about it, so I don't mind joking about it. But that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, kudos to the cast member. Sometimes that hold music can cause seizures. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, right. Hold it three feet away from your ear. <laughs> so, all right, that is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move into rapid fire, and who would like to go first? I do. All right. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Christmas at the Disneyland Resort. There are going to be an array of Christmas activities going on at Disneyland now through January 4th, 2009. Now, in the actual Disneyland Park, there will be the Believe and Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular. Fantastic fireworks. The Haunted Mansion Holiday. Wonderful. It's a Small World Holiday. My favorite. And, of course, the Christmas <laughs> Fantasy Parade. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Disneyland also holds a Christmas Candlelight Processional, but those dates uh, still are to be announced. And the Holiday Time at Disneyland Tour is something you could take. It includes exclusive collectible items, a priority boarding on special holiday-themed attractions, which would probably include the Haunted Mansion holiday, and it's a small world holiday. And then you also get VIP seating for Disney's A Christmas Fantasy Parade. And then over in Frontierland at the Big Thunder Ranch, you can go to Santa's Reindeer Roundup, which is fun. That is cool. Uh Uh-huh. I like getting to pet the reindeer. (laughs) I love the way they decorate Disneyland for the holidays. They do such a great job with the decorations. It is nice. And then over at California Adventure, you can attend Santa's Beach Blast, which takes place now through January 4th, 2009. And Santa will welcome guests dressed in his California beach gear, and he'll pose next to his Woody, in quotes, wagon sleigh. You know, the the car that you drive. Yeah, because it, it just ain't Christmas unless I see a half-naked 80-year-old guy with a <laughs> fat guy with a big beard. Oh, and then they also have interactive games and a Lilo and Stitch limbo for the children. I'm not sure, but I think the candlelight processional dates have not only been announced, but are sold out. Okay, good, because I didn't have any access to the dates. Their candlelight processional is only one or two days. Yeah, it is. And it sells out very, very quickly. It's very popular. So that may not be in the in the cards for you, but everything else you can certainly do. Excuse me, I'm chewing on a praline. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. 
Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Mr. Martin. I am rapid fireless, but I want to let everybody know that uh, unprepared that pre-ordered their Diz Unplug shirts. We're hoping to get them in before Mouse Fest. I'm not promising anything. Promises are made to be broken, but we're hoping we get them in before. That way, you can pick up your shirts at Mouse Fest if you choose to. If not, we'll we can mail them to you. But we'll be sending out emails to everybody that pre-ordered their shirts. And for those of you who did not pre-order, we will have extra shirts available. We'll put a uh, we'll put a for sale thing on the website and let you know how to order these shirts. That's it. Now, for those who do not know, with these shirts, uh, this is a fundraiser that we're doing for Give Kids the World in memory of Bob Varley. It was an organization he really loved. And uh, the shirts are going to be twenty four ninety five. One hundred percent of that money goes to Give Kids the World. Uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel is picking up the tab for the cost of the shirts, the shipping, all the administrative costs associated with it. Um, so 100% of all the money we collect goes to Give Kids the World. At $25 a piece, I need to sell how many shirts to get to 10000 The goal is to raise $10,000. So that's uh, I know we have commitments. We have uh, people that were interested. Uh, I think we, you know if everybody who says they were interested... Buys a shirt, we're already up to about three grand, thirty five hundred. So that's four hundred shirts. Four hundred shirts is what we got to sell. We should have no trouble doing that. No trouble selling four hundred shirts at twenty five dollars a piece, especially for a cause like this. And like I said, one hundred percent of that twenty five dollars goes to give kids the world. So we're really uh, going to ask everybody to step up. So once uh, once the once the uh, page is up for. For buying these shirts, we're really going to encourage everybody to really get out there and show your support. And, Great holiday uh, gift. Let's make mm-hmm. this a uh, let's make this an over the top success for Give Kids the World. And these are not the shirts you get when we read your email. No, these are special yeah. shirts that we've I just had. Want to make sure made people up. know that. Um, and they're very high quality shirts. Will did a terrific job uh, designing them, and uh, it's the new logo. It's really nice, really really nice. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get mine. <laughs> So, cool. Thank you very much, Corey. Kevin. Actually, I'm going to go second because mine follows John. Okay. Uh, mine is that Dizzy's going to introduce online resort check-in. Damn, you took mine. Did I? Yeah. Too I bad. have another one. Too bad. Starting in January 2009, guests staying at select Disney resorts will be able to check in online up to 10 days prior to arrival. Online check-in will include providing credit card to be used for room charges, your arrival and departure times, your address, uh, on-site. You'll have to provide an on-site number where they can contact you, meaning a cell phone number, the names of your guests, and any room requests. Uh, keep in mind that room, re- room requests are subject to availability and cannot be guaranteed. Um, the time that you're going to arrive at the resort to get to your room will not be impacted by doing this advanced check-in. So we don't p- want people to think, oh, look, I checked in online that means i get to check in early or i get any priority with my room location or anything like that it's just going to be a service that disney is going to start providing so hopefully to speed up the check-in process they'll have all your information you'll get there and you'll be good to go cool all right kevin beginning december 5th air tran and delta will begin charging for first checked bags the checked excess bag fees are paid via Baggage Airline Guest Services, which is BAGS. 
this uh, the contractor for this service. This extra fee must be paid to BAGS in advance of using your resort airline's check-in service. So you have to pay for this before you're allowed to check in via the courtesy desk at the resort. They're going to charge you for your first bag. What's the excuse now? It was one thing when, when, when the price of gas was through the roof, but the price of the gas has collapsed. Why haven't these baggage fees gone away? Not enough know. people are traveling now. They have been looking for an excuse to charge these bag fees for years. It got handed to them when the price of gas spiked, and now these pigs are just... You know what? I don't want to, I don't want to hear them whining about bankruptcy and money problems because they do stuff like this and you know southwest so far only airline not charging you for bags so you know what give your business to southwest screw the rest of these or a window the seat or an aisle seat or an emergency row seat right. or a preferred or seat snack right. you know we talk about we talk about companies that are showing consideration and thoughtfulness to their guests to their to their customers and you know southwest is doing that every one of these airlines that's still charging these baggage fees it's hostile. That's the word you use. It is. Guest hostile. It really is. And you know what? The best way to start showing these people that it's not going to work anymore, that you're not going to put up with it anymore, is don't give them your business. Or let them know because Delta was charging for those special seats, the aisles and the windows, and they took that charge away for their medallion members. Well, you and know, that, t- was, that was from people calling and complaining. So if you've got a, you know. Yeah, everybody call, needs to call them have complain. It. Let them have it. With the economy in the shape it's in, consumers have to start letting people know that their dollar is valuable right. and they're going to place it in places that are offering customer service. I'm not suggesting anybody look for anything for nothing. But I am suggesting that you let the companies that you do business with know that your dollar is going to be spent at a company that at least is not hostile. And I agree. Put your money where in a company that's offering you a customer service. I would encourage everyone before you uh, plan your trip down here, if you don't normally look at Southwest, make sure you price them out when you're looking at all the rest of the airlines. Um, and even if it's maybe, a, you know, and, and be sure, as I mentioned in my, my article, how to beat the high cost of airfare, you have to factor in to the price, not just the price you're quoted by the airline, because that's not including these baggage fees. You have to factor that in. And I think when you factor that in with a lot of these airlines and then take a look at Southwest, and I have no relationship with Southwest. We don't, they don't advertise with us. This is just my personal opinion. Um, when you factor all of that in and take a look at the price, I think you're going to find Southwest is cheaper than most of these airlines. I want to let you know one more thing. We've talked about this in the past. John and I just took a quick trip to Las Vegas, and we purchased the third seat. We purchased an extra seat. We had no trouble. We were allowed to pre-board on our departing flight and our return flight. They couldn't have been nicer about it. And I just called today, and it's a week after our trip, and called their re- uh, refund center. And was told, sure, there's absolutely no problem. Your flights weren't full. We'll refund the third seat with no problem. And that is the kind of guest service, customer service, that I think, especially in this economy, for the next couple of years, because if anybody thinks this economy is going to get much better in the next couple of years, you're crazy, Um, especially over the next couple of years, those kind of policies are going to end up paying off real well for Southwest. And they should. They should. They deserve it. 
They were also just rated as having this. They were the second airline with online. They were number Arrival. two in um, on-time arrivals. And you know, even more of a reason. Even more of a reason. Great. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for that, Kevin. Um, starting December 1st, guests who have an ADR, an advanced dining reservation, at Animal Kingdom's Tusker House Restaurant for dining between 1 p.m. and 1.40 p.m. will receive a ticket for reserved seating at the 315 performance of Finding Nemo the Musical over in Animal Kingdom. It's asked that you arrive 30 minutes prior to the performance, and the policy is only available for ADRs that happen between 1 and 1.40 p.m. It's very specific. It is. Yeah. It was. But I think it's pretty cool. I, well, I mean, Finding Nemo is is become a, is a very popular show, and I think that's a cool. I actually think that's a cool feature, um, a cool addition. We were talking about you know Disney being guest hostile with some of their things. They do something like this. I like to see stuff like this. However, this this falls under the category of they make things too complicated. You've got a one forty ADR. You have to be there a half hour ahead of time. Right. So you basically have an hour to eat, which is enough. Family of four. For lunch, and if you get seated at one forty, you could be running behind, and there goes your time for eating. And with Disney's policy, I mean, there are people going to be have an ADR for one forty five, right? Who are going to feel well? I'm only five minutes off, you know. I think not because of their choice, but because that's what Disney gave them, right? Right. It's just it's very very specific. It's a very it's nice tight that they add I'm, extra I'm, stuff. I'm liking that they that they at least something. think of something like this because you know a lot of people have you know especially because it's uh, special seating for Nemo. Um, you know you're not, you're not going to have to you're not necessarily going to have to wait in that hateful line to get in there. Especially I think it's going to be especially good during the summer months when I mean, because Animal Kingdom is just you know it's the hottest place on the surface of the planet anyway, uh, especially in the summer. So I just think you know it's. It's nice. I agree. You know, I think the I think Tusker House is going to be packed between one and one forty from now on. But okay, I mean, if you can get in, it's a great way to go see a good show and a very popular show, I might add. So, all right, anybody? Um, no, everybody took mine. Everybody took <laughs> yours. Poor Kathy. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do wait, it. Wait, wait, wait! Didn't you see new strollers? Oh yes, yes. That's a cool thing. I was sitting on the. Um, the trolley, waiting for it to pull out on Main Street, and I'm looking at the she strollers. Was, she was singing a Julie Gar- a Judy Garland number, hanging off. Oh the yeah, trolley. I was hanging off the side. I'm I'm looking. They had the uh, trolley all decorated for Christmas, but I'm looking at the strollers, and you know how sometimes you look at things and you go, "Is that the way they were, or is there something different?" And I was looking because the rear wheels are like, what do they call it, cocked out, or reminded me of the you know the horse things that the drivers sit on. I'm, I'm really good with sulkies. Yeah. That's the way the wheels are in the back. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, wait a minute. These are all clean. So I was walking through the park taking pictures of people's strollers. And I got some weird looks. <laughs> I imagine people. you did. <laughs> you know, like they thought I was going to take it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I just wanted to take a picture of it. And then I walked over where they were at. But the new ones are like a lot flimsier. And the, the sides are like mesh. And they've got like this blue tarp thing that goes over the top like to keep the sun off the kid's face so i'm anxious to see how that you know what people think about those strollers so for the price they're charging for them they're to be made out of gold now they're new they're different color right right they're like a tan color so they've completely gotten rid of all the old strollers and brought in all new strollers Mm -hmm. does this make sense no well that's where all your money went 
they can afford <laughs> to go buy new strollers. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. That's... I just want to hear what people think because it, it looks like it's a little more formed in there for the kids to sit. But before it was like they sort of could sprawl. So I'm looking for some, you know, in the park reports of how they actually worked out. Yep, should be interesting to see what people think of them. Like I said, for the price of them, they'll be made out of gold. <laughs> but um, all right, well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. And we'll have actually pictures of that. Uh, we have pictures of that on on the blog, correct? Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes page. So, with that, we're going to wrap up rapid fire and get ready to move on to our next segment. And next up will be Kathy Worling, who has a review of the family suites at the All Stars. What'd you think of them? I was impressed. I, I've stayed at the All-Stars, um, the season of the Hurricanes. I stayed at sports, and I think I was at music once. And, I mean, if you're not going to spend a lot of time in your room, I thought they were, you know, more than adequate for what you needed. But I was really impressed with the um, the family suites. And I, I can see me going back there again with family members. <laughs> and I like the idea of the, the two separate rooms. Because it was nice, I I took the room with the the queen bed, and my daughter was out in the other room, and it was like you know I could shut the door if you had kids or something. You could, you know, be alone in your room, and it was it was great. It was I was surprised when when we got there that um, it wasn't as busy as I thought it was going to be. It was a ghost town, really? Yeah, I mean I've been over there when you know it's like excuse me to get through the lobby, and this was like you could have gone bowling. In the lobby, it was it was incredible. There was maybe one kid watching TV, and the rest of the place was just dead. Really, it was scary. And I I looked the the next couple of days, you know, because our cast member said, "Oh, it's because everybody's in the park." So I'm not like, "Well, okay, I'll I'll look like around dinner time, and I'll look later in the evening." Um, I looked the next you know two days, and it it got a little more crowded, but never as crowded. Maybe it's because it was during the week, and it's not the weekend. I don't know. It was. If you're staying there, that that's probably you know real nice. It wasn't as crowded. Even the food court wasn't as crowded. But as far as the food court, I wonder if that's not another place that they're they're cutting back some. It seemed like there weren't enough cast members serving people. They also didn't seem to have as many um, checkout lines open because I've been there when you know it's like the Walmart thing where they have like. 30 checkouts, but only two were open. That's sort of how it was in the food court. But back to the room, um, we were in a we we're in the second building back. I'm always terrible with what the names of the buildings are, but we were like the second <coughs> set of buildings. I think it was Jazz. I think Calypso was first, then we were Jazz. Um, it was a good five-minute walk maybe up to the food court, but I mean, it was close enough that if you wanted to, you know, you had your refillable mug and you wanted to go up and refill your mug, you could do that or get snacks. Um, there was a pool to the left of us. There was a pool to the right of us. So we had a, a really good location. The one, I think it's the guitar pool. It was closed. It reopened the morning we left. Now the family suites are only in one set of buildings as of right now. And Kathy and I, I went with Kathy and we checked in and we went to, I went to look at the room. It's kind of hidden. We kind of had a hard time finding mm-hmm. the building. So it's one of those things where the signage isn't really good. So you got to be careful where you're going. And which all-star was this? Music. Music. 
Well, this was always the traditionally slow time of the year. I mean, several years ago, before people started talking about it being the slow time of the year, November and December, up until Christmas, like up until the 15th of December, and Thanksgiving weekend were always known as the slowest time of the year. And while I understand and even support them in having to make cutbacks on certain things, I, I do get why they have to do that. They they cannot charge what they charge and cut back on service. They just can't. I they agree. just can't. And if they're going to start doing that, then they need to be taken out for a walk. Well, I mean, I don't want to hijack Kathy's uh, review, but a report just came out. Disney just had their annual financial report, and they actually were up. They had a 2% increase in attendance for the company's 2008 fiscal and a 1% increase in room occupancy. So while... Going in the future, they might be having a downturn. Yeah, this year hasn't been too bad. Right. And, I mean, their in-part even, spending those, is up, and so it's kind of a... Those numbers are weak in comparison to what oh, they have been doing. Yeah. So. Were they looking at 5 and 6% growth? Sorry, Kathy. Oh, that's okay. But anyway, back to the room. Uh, we were up on the third floor, so we used the elevator. They were um, painting the building while we were there also, but it really didn't interfere. I mean, it was amazing how, how much of the resort they painted in the two days that we were there. But we got down to the room. We overlooked the woods because I'm not one of those people that really care about what the view is out the window. But there was a little playground that I never saw anybody use. But every morning, the cast member went out and raked the sand and everything and made the the playground look real nice. The room was real nice. My daughter loved the fact that there was two TVs, so we didn't have to Mm -hmm. fight over what to watch. But her TV, the remote didn't work. And that was like her big catastrophe. So I'm like, well, we'll call and, you know. God forbid to get up and change the channel. Yeah. It's like she doesn't know how to do that. Maybe she doesn't know how to do that because, you know, we've always had remotes. So we tried, you know, switching some batteries around and that didn't work. And I says, well, okay, let's check what happens when we call to, to get a new remote or whatever. Well, nothing happened for hours. We went out and we came back and nobody had been there. Well, when we called the second time, they had somebody up there in 10 minutes with a new remote. So first time, I don't know what happened. Second time, we were impressed with how fast they came. But the the main room that you walk into has like the little table with some chairs. It had a sofa that folds out into a bed. It has a chair that folds out into a bed. And there was an ottoman that folds out into a bed. Um, we didn't open them all up at the same time, but I think if you did, it would probably be real cramped in it, there. It is cramped in there. But it would be nice. I said, you know, like if I brought my kids, you know, I've got three kids, you know, that would be nice. They could sort of, you know, be doing their thing in, in that room while I was in the other room because I'm, an, you know, I go to bed early. I wake the, you know, the rooster up in the morning. I get up early. So that worked out. But the kitchen, there was a nice little kitchen in there. Um had the had a little sink. There was a nice size refrigerator. There is no freezer compartment, but whoever had been in the room before me had turned the freezer up or the refrigerator up so high that I had Pepsi in there that had you know the ice in it. It was like slushy. So I love that though. Oh, I oh I That's do too. That's my favorite way to have my my Pepsi. Oh yeah, but it was it, you know for all those people that wonder could they freeze a water bottle? You couldn't freeze it. Solid, right? But it's it's going to be pretty cold. Good. And they had. Um, a coffee pot and they had like disposable plates and bowls and like the wrapped plastic knives forks and spoons and somebody on the the dis said that their room had toasters my room didn't have a toaster and i don't think they're supposed to somebody might have left a toaster behind mm-hmm. 
but the kitchen itself was really nice. Um, I don't know if they're trying to be energy efficient, but um, the lights in the room, like in a kitchen, I like to see what I'm doing. And this was sort of like real subdued lighting. Like if that was my kitchen, I would have put higher watt bulbs in. And I don't know if they do that on purpose. And it's nice, too, because both of the rooms have separate controls for the air conditioning and the heating. So if you've got somebody who's hot and somebody that's cold, you know, you could do it. I had my room that was like, you know, the jungle, and my daughter had hers that was a little bit cooler. So that was nice. But the room itself, I mean, with the two TVs uh, and the Internet access was in the bedroom with the queen bed. There wasn't anything out in the main room, but I looked under the desk because my criticism the last time at Caribbean Beach was the cord wasn't long enough. This one, they must have had 30 feet of cord for the uh, Internet, so I could have taken the laptop over on the bed if I had wanted to. So There wasn't a jack by the table in the main sitting area? No. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, there just really back in the, the bedroom. So, you know, you would would have thought that, there must have been something in that room when they converted it. But if there was, I didn't find it. So the, the food court had a lot of um, selections. I like, you know, just I had a roast turkey dinner. It reminded me of my mother that she always goes, why do you have turkey right before Thanksgiving? But mm. it looked good. <laughs> I had it. It was reasonable. I think it was seven something. Uh, my daughter had uh, pasta with a really big piece of chicken. Uh, Price-wise, I, I thought it was very reasonable. Um, they had pizza you could get. They gave you l- like a little beeper and you came back to the window. Um, the second night, we decided to try room service. And because on, on the resort TV, they, they mentioned that you can get room service with pizza and wings. And I'm like, let's see how long this takes and let's see what kind of a pizza you get. Because I can remember from... Years past, the Disney pizza was not very good looking at pizza. Um, This was like a a Pizza Hut pizza. I don't know if that's where they get their pizza from, but it was very reminiscent of Yeah, and I I just always found Disney pizza crappy. Yeah, this this wasn't too bad, but the thing that impressed me was they were there in 15 minutes. They tell you half an hour, and they were there in 15 minutes. The girl was knocking on the door. Did Did you get wings? Yes. Got the wings, too, right. and, and they were very good, and you got a lot of wings. So I, I was impressed with the um, room service, you know, and, they, and she comes with her little, you know, like, you know, whatever they call that carrier that they put the pizza in. Insulated yeah. carrying thing. Yeah. But I said it was, and they bring you, you know, they ask you how many people are going to be eating, so they bring you, they send all the utensils, and it, it, it was really nice. I was, I was impressed, and I said the food court... Like for breakfast, again, they do a lot of um, while you're standing there kind of cooking, like with the pancakes and the waffles. So it it took a little while, but I also got to meet people from all over the United States in line. So that was sort of cool. You know, I didn't really wasn't standing there then watching. But food wise, um, the food court, again, wasn't real crowded. And I tried to visit during all the times of the day that you would think that it would be busy. Um, How much was the room service when you got the wings and the... We got a pizza and the wings, and my daughter got a salad. I think it was 35 and that was with a tip and a dollar delivery. That's truck. pricey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's much more expensive than if I would have gone and bought a pizza. But if you would have had, you know, a number... Because we had enough pizza to last us for like two days. 
Okay. You know, that if you would have had like a family, that, that probably wouldn't have been all that expensive. I think if the kids are tired and you don't want to schlep them somewhere. Yeah, it's true. It's a good the option. Convenience of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, their, their room service, it, it was pizza, wings, salad, and like desserts. So they didn't really have much of a selection, but enough that, you know, if you wanted to feed your kids, that would have been great. And I had brought Pepsi with me just so I wouldn't have to keep going back and forth to the food court. That's another thing people could do is just, you know, bring some of their own stuff into the room instead of, you know, always running over to the food court. Um, Mousekeeping was real good with the room. The room looked beautiful. We had a towel animal when we got there and... The next day, um, you know, the room was done. It was spotless, you know. I'm not the world's best housekeeper, but this was way beyond, you know. I mean, it was really nice. Um, The shower curtain in the bathroom was, you know, clean. looked like it was brand new. I mean, everything, you know, from reading the Diz, all the places that people usually look to see how their room is, this room was spotless. So... You know, like I said, I, I was impressed. I, we didn't go swimming because it was that was when we were having the cold spell, like last week. That when I got up in the morning and you saw the steam coming off the water, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know, I can remember when I used to come down here on vacation and we'd go swimming, you know, and think it was really warm, but now it's like, nah. But they had um, little activities around the pool. They had like uh, karaoke. They have a celebration when one shift of lifeguards is going off to when the next one's coming on. They were playing because where they're like, whoa, there's uh, Miley Cyrus music playing. This this isn't like a Disney thing. And they were playing some other like hip hop music because I said to my daughter, this isn't Disney, is it? She goes, no, that's the, you know, that's whoever it was. But it's their dance party in the afternoon. And then they had like a trivia game. Um. And they have an, a movie at night, and I think one night they do, like, bingo out by the pool. There weren't a lot of people out by the pool because it was so mm-hmm. quiet, I mean, cold. But I would think if it was, like, warm or, like, getting near Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm sure the, those activities are probably pretty well attended. So I, I said I would go back again, you know. Now, what, what's the price difference on a family suite versus a standard room? Do we know? So Yeah, compared to a standard view... Um, weekday, a standard view is 82. Weekday, family suite. Um, this is for 2008 now. 184. 184. Prices range between $184 in the value season and $295 a night in the holiday season. I don't care what's in that room or how gorgeous it is. There is no room at the All-Stars worth $300 oh, well, a night. I'll, I'll agree with you. However, you, again, we're talking about being able to take what you'd have to take two rooms for and put everybody in one room. So it's nice because every same standard view room, $129 a night during the holiday. So two fifty eight a night for two of those rooms versus two ninety five for your suite. However, so do you feel that it's worth $50 a night more? Yeah. It is. Most definitely. Okay. Right. However, you get everybody to stay in the same room. You have two bathrooms, you have the kitchenette, which you don't have in any of the True. regular rooms. Um, I think for a family, I think this is a nice option for them. Oh, that's the weekday price. On the weekend, it goes to three fifteen a night. Then, yeah, I mean, but still, it's like you don't have to worry about having that connecting door or, you know, any of that. You're all in that one room, and you could always, if you had extended family, they could just get the suite next to you. But being able to bring in, like if you had kids that you wanted to maybe bring in breakfast cereal or something so they didn't have to eat in the food court, I think it, it was worth the extra 
fifty to stay there. And I said the two bathrooms, they were two fully equipped bathrooms. So if you've got five people or six people in there, you've got three bathrooms, three people for each bathroom. Just for that price, I mean for the holiday price anyway, you could get a family suite at Portofino Bay. Well, yeah. You know, it just that's what that's the only thing that bothers me. I mean, at one hundred and eighty-four, even you know two fifty or two seventy a night for that. Okay, that makes sense to me. But there's just no way the all-star resorts, under any circumstances, for any reason, justifies a three hundred dollar a night room. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, I, I've just, stayed in lots of hotels that I would gladly sp- spend three hundred and something for, and when you compare that to the all stars, there's no comparison. Right, but. You know, you, you've got to factor in Disney. Right, exactly. You know, that's where they get you. So I said, you know, if, if people are, you know, they've got like extended family, you know, if you wanted to bring your mother-in-law along, you know, she could either stay, you could be nice and put her in the queen-size bed and you sleep. My daughter thought the um, the sofa bed was a little lumpy, but then they're not, never known for, you know, being the best. Yeah. No, really. And there weren't like any extra, like they make the bed up. And they they're, they're, they even have designed the sofa that there's a, a spot underneath the sofa as you're, you're starting to pull it out that there's three pillows stored in there. It was pretty clever how they put the – but they don't give you any extra blankets. Hmm. It's just the blanket that's on the bed. So if you're – you know, I guess they want you to turn up the heat rather than give you an extra blanket. Because, you know, usually most hotels, there's an extra blanket yeah. in the, in the, the closet. But this didn't have that. Well, I'm sure housekeeping would bring, bring you away. Oh, I'm sure they would have. But, you know, we – we were just looking to see what they had. And for that, my daughter didn't want to call, but she'd call for a remote. On it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I said, it, it, it was it was nice. I said, if um, somebody, you know, didn't want to spend, if you're going to be out in the parks all day, um, you know, why get a moderate when a, a value resort would do? Oh, and, and the buses, too, because people always say, well, how is it with the buses? Um, I don't know if I was lucky. But pretty much every time I walked out the door to get on a bus, and yes, I had in mind what park I was going. It wasn't like I just got on the first bus. But I think one time I waited five minutes. But pretty oh, much almost good. every time I no sooner walked out and got in the line and the bus was there. Um, the one morning that I was going to the, I think it was Magic Kingdom, um, we were the second bus stop. By the second bus stop, we were standing. So they didn't even go to the third that would be movies. Didn't even get there. So the bus just left from there. But we stood the whole way. Um, How far are these rooms from the bus stops? It's out in front of the resort. There's only the one bus stop. So, That's right. you know, for us it wasn't bad. It was maybe a five-minute walk. But if you were further back, then it was probably at least a good ten-minute walk. But I said I never really saw the, that the lines were that bad for the buses. And then... The one night we went to Epcot and went to take the bus back to the resort, and the bus, the line was just, there were hundreds, I think, of us in the line. And you could see that, you know, so many people moved up, and that got on one bus. Well, they pulled another bus up, and there were still loads of us there, and they brought a, um, I forget what the other bus company is. It was one of the contract companies. Now, it wasn't Mears. It was, who's the other one that... um, Dynamic, because they used to. Oh, I I didn't even realize that. I only thought it was Mears they contracted with. Well, I don't know now. But when my daughter did the college program, that was the bus company that transported them around. So they they pulled another bus up, and there was two buses there sitting there being loaded to get wow. back. So good. It looked like they were on top of, 
you know, the demand there because the other bus stops hardly had anybody there, but our bus stop had loads of people. Well, for a while there had been a lot of complaints about the spotty bus service, so it seems like maybe they're paying attention. And it seemed to, and I said, I, you know, it, it was about ten minutes from every resort that I, or from the resort or from the park, was like ten minutes back. So my bus rides weren't long at all, and I said it was only that one time I had to stand. So. I don't know if they're getting their act together or I thought it was great. So you give it high, high marks, very high marks and you would go back and, and stay again. Yeah. I, I you know, I, t- I've mentioned before I, I'm a moderate type of girl, but I could actually do this value resort. It was very nice At, in the family suite, right in the family suite. Cool. Cool. Well, that's great. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it was a good experience. It was. It was Thank you experience. for sending. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> um, we're going to have uh, pictures from Kathy's, uh, Kathy's visit up on the site. If we don't already, do we have? No, okay. I didn't send them over yet. Pictures of her daughter trying to use the remote. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent job, Kathy. Thank you very Thank much. You. And our next segment, we come on over to Kevin Close, who is uh, has been checking out some of the restaurants in the Disney area. For those of you who may be interested in getting a good meal, but saving a little bit of money off of uh, Disney prices. So where where'd you go this time? We went to the Stonewood Tavern. This is someplace we frequent pretty regularly. It's about a 10-minute drive from Disney property. If you were coming out Hotel Plaza Boulevard, you would take a left and travel up Apopka Vineland Road. I'm going to guess probably about seven or eight miles. You would come to Conroy Road. You would take a right, and you're about five blocks to... Stonewood Tavern, the parking lot. Uh, This is a place that's only open for dinner. And it's one of those places where you can be as casual or as formal as you want. This is a very, very nice setting. There's a full bar. And the restaurant has booths and tables. But it's, uh, it's got a stone and wood kind of modern feel to it. It's The lighting is low. And... As I say, this is one of those places that we feel comfortable going. It's also one of those places where you'll be able to find something for everybody. Um, Appetizers range from like $7 to about $15, but that's for seared sushi-grade ahi tuna. So the prices are... I find the price is reasonable. Dinner is all over the place. You, there are steaks and chops. Uh, there's fresh fish. There's fish and seafood specialties, chef's favorites, and burgers and sandwiches. Now, we ate there the other night. There were 10 of us. And for four of us, the bill came to... 77 $77 for four of You're us. You're kidding. No. Wow. It's... As I say, you can get a $30 steak... However, they have lower-priced entrees. Uh, For instance, one of the things that they're famous for is their chicken pot pie. Now, I I hope no one's thinking Swanson. Mm. This is a great dish of chicken and vegetables in a gravy, and it comes with a puff pastry, like almost like a croissant topping on top of it. The chicken pot pie is twelve fifty. The other one of their other um, signature dishes is their pot roast platter. It is tender pot roasts, garlic mashed potatoes, and their vegetable of the day, and that's thirteen fifty. I had their oak grilled uh, cheeseburger. I think this is a killer 
cheeseburger, and the price is nine fifty. Now, again, understand that there are entrees in the fifteen, twenty, and thirty dollar range. So it's one of those places that you'll be able to find a variety. You can order dinner salads. Uh, they are. We think they have some of the best clam chowder around. The only place with better clam chowder is Celebration Town Tavern, which we've talked about before. They have a great onion soup. Uh, one of the appetizers that John and I love is a baked brie. They take a baked brie oh, and... I hate brie. Do you? <laughs> uh, they bake this and make it real warm and put a little olive oil and roasted red pepper it on it. It has a consistency of snot. That's why I like it. <laughs> I guess it does. Um, I had their signature appetizer, which is the blue cheese corn or the blue cheese chips. They make homemade potato chips. Put a little blue cheese and a balsamic reduction on top of it. Mm, They're that really sounds, that and, sounds good. A little rosemary, and those are seven fifty. It's very reasonable prices. And these are big portions. It's yeah. not like you get a little tiny plate of these chips. You get a giant plate, more than enough to share with four people. John had something called the Saddlebrook Chicken. Tell him about that. Uh, why don't you read it off for me because I forget what it was. Okay, hang on. Let me find <laughs> it. The Saddlebrook Chicken is sautéed chicken breast, mushrooms, and shallot wine sauce, garlic mashed potatoes, and their steamed vegetable or their vegetable of the day. And that is uh, $16. Excellent meal. Really good. Uh, two big chicken breasts. I got the mashed potatoes with it, a giant serving of mashed potatoes and vegetables. It's it's fancy food, but it's also hearty food, too. It's it, it's well, it's, in my opinion, it's well-prepared food. However, it's also a very nice atmosphere, but it's very casual. So you see a lot of people celebrating um, special occasions. There's always a lot of birthdays going on. And it, it reminds me of an upscale steakhouse but with a more casual atmosphere. Does it take reservations? Yeah. Uh, we called the day of. I called, I'm going to guess around noontime. Someone answered the phone, and I made a reservation at noontime for 10 people for 6 p.m. Okay. So I, we didn't have a trouble, any trouble getting in. They also, you know, they do call-ahead seating kind of thing. Uh, their bar is a very large bar. It's a, almost half of the restaurant and there are tables in the bar also, but they're raised. We very rarely sit in there because we usually travel with someone in a wheelchair. So they're not really accessible. They do have a private dining room. And I, the reason I picked this place, first of all, it was one of the places we were going to go to anyway, but it's, it's a step away from Disney food. I think dinner for four for 75 bucks it's fantastic. Yeah. And we're not talking about we just got dinner. I mean, I had soup. Kevin had the chips. His mom you had, had a full soup. meal. A full meal, right. right. The only thing we didn't order was dessert. Um, when we Still, did- that's incredible. For appetizer and dinner for four adults, and you walked out feeling, feeling and, full. And three drinks. And I'm not talking uh, – for four people, there were three drinks. I'm oh, not talking okay. alcohol, but there was um, soft drinks and coffee around. So it's – yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's very it, – it's a casual – comfortable place and the other thing they do which is very nice when it's a little bit busier um and you're sitting out there waiting they'll come out with appetizers for people to try wines if you want to taste their wines right they're very nice very accommodating um reasonable price on the uh filet mignon 26.50 right for a nine ounce filet now i've been kind of doing this as a way to save money 
obviously you can go there and have a very high end meal. Right. But I'm trying to offer this as like a low cost. Nice options. Oh, yeah, right. there's, there's a lot. Yeah, I'm However, looking at the menu. There's a lot of really nice options that are very reasonably priced. Or if you're in the mood for steak, you can have a sixty dollar steak on Disney property, or you can have a thirty dollar steak exactly. at the Stone Tavern. Now the other nice thing is if uh, usually if you're going someplace that has a great steak, like for instance Yachtsman Steakhouse, which I think is good, it's hard to find a good ten dollar meal or a good twelve dollar meal for someone who's not looking for that 30 or 40 dollar steak. I mean, I, I thought that the burger, it's a um ground or good grade of beef and all of the toppings you can have on it. Um it's a good size burger for 9.50. And it's hard to find a good burger when you go out. Somewhere. Yeah, true. How about a kids menu? Did they have a kids menu? They do have a kids menu. I apologize I didn't bring it with me. There were no kids in our our party. However, um we've taken our friends have grandkids, and they go with us all the time also. So it's one of those places. Again, it's one of the places where I think you'll feel really comfortable. Oh, that's good. Macaroni and cheese on the kids' menu, chicken fingers, burgers. So. Sounds like a little bit for everybody. Right. and Cream and spinach. That, that's <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Their signature one of their signature vegetables. Hmm. Is cream spinach? Mm-hmm. It's actually Ew. really good. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. I'm not a big cream spinach. Tell about our waitress. Our waitress was a pain in the butt. Oh, really? She was just a nudge. And uh, we kept trying to be helpful. Now, there were 10 of us, and we split up a check, and we're good at this. We do this a lot. And we'll say to them, we try and sort of sit in groups so you don't have to say, listen, you know, I want this on one check, and I want the person at the other end of the table. We kind of sit together and say, the four of us, the three of us, you know, we're good at this. We go out to dinner a lot. And no matter what I did, no matter what anyone at the table did, she would not let us help her. I said, you know, do you want us to order as a group so you have four separate checks? Do you want to, how do you, no, 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 no. Just order and I'll figure it all out later. The other thing she would do is no matter where in the conversation it seemed that she would stand behind you and wait until you were in conversation and then interrupt you. (laughs) At one point, she was standing next to me and she said to me, do you mind if I take those dirty dishes? And I said, no, by all means, go ahead. And she said, well, will you hand them to me? I said to her, (laughs) I'm not working. I, I, I don't mind if you take them. I don't want them. I'm not looking to clean the table. So she just stood there with her hand out and waited for me to pick up the dirty dishes on the table. And I thought, all right, I'm over you. (laughs) I'm just over you. Like we said, we've eaten here before. This was an unusual waitress. We don't know where she came from. She picked up plates off of our table, and she was so spastic about it. She actually picked it up, and as she went behind her head, she flung the plate. And it missed hitting this lady by like two inches. Well, what she did was she piled them up, and then she kind of did this Jetsons spin where she went around, (laughs) and they all flew off the top. And we all just sat there. We all just sat there looking at her like, you know, we've really tried to be helpful. We've really tried to be as considerate and easygoing as possible, and you're just annoying the daylights out of everybody. So, (laughs) however. That's not at all the way it normally works. It's it, it, They use a team service kind of thing. So you usually have a team of servers waiting on you, and one brings it, one sets it down, and it's usually done seamlessly. The other thing that I have to give this restaurant credit for is they are terrific at customizing your meal. Done more, done less, this appetizer, this entree, this side dish – Nothing phases them. They'll put together a dinner for you if you tell them the things that you want. Just absolutely easygoing and 
We think it's terrific. Now, there are a couple of these in the Orlando area. There's one in Lake Mary, if you're traveling, and there's one over in Daytona. It's actually, I believe, I'm sorry, I believe it's in Ormond Beach, which is north of Daytona Beach. But as far as the Orlando area, there's one in the, the Disney area, and it's only about 10 minutes. It's a very nice atmosphere away from Disney property. And I'm trying, when I'm doing this, I'm trying to th- stick to things that aren't chain restaurants. Now, this right. is a chain. There are more than, There is more than one location. But I don't think it's across the country chain. I think it's kind of a local thing. Right. And it's not Olive Garden. It's not Outback, which is pretty generic. And you can step into one of those in any city Have anywhere. the same experience. Right. Yeah. Now, Payway was a chain. I did Payway a week or so ago. And Payway is new to us. Right. So I understand that a lot of people have them where they live, but that was new to this well, area. Well, chain, chain isn't always bad. Right. I mean, sometimes I chain is good. But. We actually like the Outback. We think the Outback is pretty consistent. Right. But if you're on vacation and you're looking... You're looking for a local experience, something right. something unique. Yeah. This is also by one of our favorite supermarkets that's actually kind of a treat to go to onto its own. So if you decide to go out to Stonewood, right in the same parking lot is the Fresh Market. Oh, Okay. Or, Fresh, now I know where it's at. <laughs> Fresh Market is a little designer market. It is not inexpensive. You would never go there for your groceries. However, they have a policy that they'll allow you to taste anything that they sell. Mm. And they encourage it. They have wine tastings in the store. Uh, recently, there was a bag of dried fruit, um, dehydrated fruit. And but it was it, it, again. It's not cheap. This is not this is not going to Walmart for your groceries. This is you go and pick up a couple of unusual items and spend a hundred dollars no matter what you do. They have a produce section, and in the produce section, pretty much anything you want. They have they sell their cranberries. They actually set up a cranberry bog where the cranberries are floating in water, and you can scoop out your own. So oh, wow. that level of a specialty market. There was a sealed bag of dehydrated fruit, and we thought this would work for one of the members of our family. And I was talking to the manager and asked him if he had ever had it. He took a little knife out of his bag, out of his pocket, and opened the bag and handed us all samples of it. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a very, very neat place to walk in and kind of find some out of the way stuff. And that's it shares a parking lot with Stonewood Tavern. There's also a drugstore right there. There's a CVS. So if you're going to make the trip and you need drugstore products while you're staying on Disney property. You can be there from the intersection of Apopka Vineland Road and Hotel Plaza Boulevard in about 10 minutes. No, it's not bad. So okay. I, I think it's a good deal. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you, Kathy, for your review. Thanks, everybody, for a great show. want to remind everybody, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday night on Diz Radio, our first live show from the Gaylord Palms from the Ice Exhibit. And uh, be sure to check that out. And also on Friday morning at 7.30, if you're so inclined, go check out the webcam. Watch Walter and Max join the Polar Bear Club by running through that exhibit in their bathing suits. So with that, we're going to sign out for this week and wish everybody a very, very happy Thanksgiving. And have a great holiday. And we'll see you back here again next week.